Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the fact that we're supposed to be fishers of men. And uh, most of the fishermen I know, they have this tendency that what they do is they tell stories about what they've caught. And it starts about this big, and then it ends up this big. Uh, but I started thinking about in the New Testament, the disciples had some incredible fish stories. The difference is they never had to exaggerate. The stories were so big, they never had to exaggerate. And I think we have stories that we don't have to exaggerate either that are meaningful to not only us, to, but to the people that we come into contact with. And I think we have a responsibility to tell our fish stories. So today, that's what we're going to do. I want you to hear some of the fish stories from some of our people because I think they'll minister to you. So let's start like this. Ashley, I know your story, and you have a great story, and I think you ought to share your fish story with the people watching today. Um, so it was 2013 to 2016. Um, I was running from God profusely. I mean, I just professionally running from him. Um, I was living with my boyfriend at the time, drinking, partying, doing drugs, having sex. I mean, all of the things. Um, and there was a point in time where I just stopped going to church. And for me, I'd been going to church since, to Passion Church specifically, since I was 13. Um, so everybody knew who I was. Everybody was in kind of relationship. And we knew you were gone. Yes, (laughs) yes, you did. Um, and so I stopped going to church, was living with my boyfriend, um, which then in turn I ran away from my parents, stopped talking to them. I just completely cut off everyone. Um, that's exactly where the devil wanted me. He wanted me completely isolated and I allowed him to get me there. Um, and so I stayed there for a while. In about six months before 2016, um, my mom and I started to heal our relationship. It was just that typical like mom and daughter relationship, but it was just a little bit more toxic than others. And so we started to work through those things. And then um, the beginning of 2016, she was tragically killed in a car accident. Um, And so that shook my entire world. Um, and at the time I felt completely alone and isolated, but it was really cool because the night that my mom was transitioning, um, 70 people from the church showed up to that ICU that waiting room. That was a room. long night. It was a very long night. Um, and that just showed me right then and there that I had community, even though I had pushed everyone away. Um, and after that, I continued to fight my way through um, individual battles that I was fighting. Um, and I ended up getting pregnant um, that following year um, with my first son. And that was um, a really big game changer for me. It took some time to really figure out what I needed to do with my life. Um, and through being pregnant, um, my husband and I got married, um, found ourselves closer to the Lord than we ever were. And now we're even better. Um, and we still go to Passion Church. Um, and we definitely believe that community is everything for us. And if it weren't for those people specifically, um, I don't know where I would be. 
um, the ones who messaged me and told me, you need to be here. We notice that you're gone. Even though I ignored them, they were still there when I came back to church. So, so praying, praying mom, praying church folks that yeah. wouldn't give up on you, even though they knew what you were going through and the choices you were making, they just wouldn't let you go. Absolutely. So they, uh, they played your mom and your dad and other people, but also your church family played a huge part in making sure that you didn't get away. You yes. were on the hook. You were trying to get away, <laughs> yes, but we wouldn't let you get away. Yeah. So I, I think it's really, that's part of the fishing process is people that care have to keep reaching out mm-hmm. and keep holding on. Absolutely. And we love you a lot and we're glad you come through it. And uh, scripture says you can come out and find like uh, out of the fire like gold. And I think that's what we're seeing now. So we're proud of you. Thank so, you. Love you guys. Love you too. Thanks for sharing, Ashley. And like I said, we all have stories. Aaron, I know you have a story. It's uh, it's your fish story. I know it. I know it impacts your life, but it also impacts everybody that knows it. Tell us what God has done through your life and, and how he's restored you out of so much. 
Yeah, uh, 10 years ago this summer was when all the consequences of my actions started to hit and the dominoes started to fall and uh, years of selfish behavior and decision making was just finally just caught up to me and um, the first big one was that I lost the job that I had right out of college and that messed with my head. I couldn't keep one after that. I was messed up and my self-esteem was shot, confidence wasn't there. Um, and because that happened, more bad decisions started to develop and I pushed you know, uh, more people out of my life and I ended up going through a divorce uh, and I pushed my family away. Um, you know, I found myself in an empty apartment on a Saturday night in January 2012 and God was saying, hey man, you're not making it to 30 if you keep doing this. And um, I said, all right, I'm, I'm in. I need a change. You're right. And I'm tired of doing it by myself. I need your help, man. I can't do this. And just like that, he said, all right, let's go. And within 24 hours, I was on a walk with two of my best friends telling me, all right, I'm here. And I'm like, man, this is great. God is providing people in my life. And as I went on and, and started making better decisions, God started restoring things in my life. I didn't real, realize how my actions had affected other people until I was in my mom's house and looking through uh, some journals that my sister had left out and I saw that she had been praying for me this whole time. And she had said, God, please help my brother. And that broke me as a big brother. Like, man, my actions hurt so many people. And God really brought me out on the other side and started providing things for me that I thought were gone. Um, jobs that that I'm in now and careers and companies that I've been able to start that, I, I, you know, 10 years ago, that's never happened. That's yeah. never going to happen. A beautiful wife and an amazing daughter that I have. And, you know, those things that I kept saying, God, you got to, you know, when is this happening? He kept yeah. saying, hold on, I got you. Yeah. And then a church family that never gave up on me. You know, the day I made my decision, two days later, I'm at a worship practice with you guys. And a week later, I'm in Sunday Sunday church with you guys. Yeah. And, it was just great, you know. I, selfish behaviors led me to, you know, lose a lot. And God said, "Hey, you're not done." And He put me back on the path and had me looking forward. And I owe everything that I have right now to, to our church and to the people that, you know, God sent to help me out. Yeah, you know, I've heard the statement that sin takes us uh, further than we want to go, keeps us longer than we want to stay, costs us more than we want to pay. All that. But nobody ever follows that up on the on the backside. The backside of it is is that's true, but God's faithful, and He restores. And what He did for Job in the Old Testament, He'll do for us if we turn back to Him. And so I'm glad to hear that God's restored so much.
front row seat on Ashley's story and Aaron's story. We we watched you walk through everything and saw what God's brought you from. Jess, I know you have a story. The difference is, for us anyway, you were kind of on the back end of what God had brought you through, and we got to see a lot of the finished product. Why don't you tell those that may not know some of the, the front end before we saw where you are today, uh, youth pastor's wife and in the ministry, but you have a story prior to that that uh, is powerful. So why don't you share your story with us as well? Yeah, so I always knew that God had called me to ministry, and I was so not convinced that he really <laughs> understood like the kind of person that I was and that he really wanted me in ministry. But um, I started um, just abusing substances right out of high school, and um, I was, you know, using drugs and occasionally drinking alcohol. And um, my parents found out about everything because the truth always comes out, and they after lots of hard conversations and sleepless nights basically said either you know you stay in our house and honor us and God with your lifestyle or you can choose to be on your own and that's what I chose I left home at 18 and didn't know anything about life um, I started working you know all the time and occasionally drinking turned into every weekend and that turned into every day and um, I don't remember a lot of that time of my life but I do remember that there were so many times I would walk into a party or go, you know, to grab my drink and my dad would text me and tell me that the Holy Spirit woke him up and that he was praying for me and that ruined my night. That kind of ruined, <laughs> ruined my whole ruined night. The party, yeah. Didn't it? Yeah. I didn't want to party anymore. Um, but that was just whenever I first realized that like God was chasing me, you know, like relentlessly for so long, even when I was running with all my strength away from him, yeah. you know, and I didn't. I didn't want him to chase me, but... But the key there, I think, is that your dad was sensitive enough to keep throwing the lure, to keep fishing, yeah. even when you were rejecting, keep fishing, and it meant his yeah. timing, if the timing was important. Yes, you know? and they always told me that I had a place to come back to, and that they loved me, and they were still praying for me, and so um, there was one night in particular where my roommate wasn't home, she was out of town, and I was there alone, and I felt this heaviness in my house that I'd never felt in my parents' house, and it never made sense to me, you know, until I realized it because Jesus wasn't in my house because I didn't want him in. And so 
That same night, there was a house two miles down the road from mine that exploded from a gas leak. And it, I mean, rattled my windows, literally, but yeah. also inside of me. And I left and stayed the night with my parents that night. And from that moment on, that was when the journey back to Jesus started for me. And um, within two weeks, I was living back in their house and told them, this is where I'll stay until I'm married. And that's exactly what I did. Right. And now we're here and we've got, yeah. you know, this ministry that I tried to run from for so long and yeah, found some tall dark yeah and, and, and i guess handsome dude yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i think drew's turning red i don't know what came on, drew. sunburn but that was part of the journey too is that uh you drew was an answer to prayer mm-hmm. um i've heard you talk about that that he was the part of the answer to prayer yeah. and what you were looking for and so we're we're seeing the back end of it now and seeing full circle what god intended mm-hmm. all along and it's a really cool thing to get to see the journey
deserve it Still you give yourself away Oh, the overwhelming Never-ending Reckless love Well, we've heard those stories now we're going to go a little bit of a different angle. Uh, Madeline, I want you to share with us. I know you've spent a lot of time uh, fishing, fishing for men, fishing for women, uh, trying to win people to the Lord. Uh, tell us a story, your story, about uh, one of those times when you've tried that, you've tried to live out what Jesus tells us to do. Tell us what that's like and how that works and maybe the end story as well. Maybe we won't know the end story. Tell us, tell us your story. One of the experiences that I was reminded of having uh, during this series was one where actually my sister and I were on an airplane headed to Costa Rica for a mission trip. And to be honest, whenever I get on an airplane, I like to have a long time. <laughs> and there was an empty seat right next to me, but right as they were about to close the doors, this man comes running to that seat and sits down like huffing and puffing. But I think he was so excited and relieved that he made it onto the flight that he wanted to talk to somebody about oh, it. No. So he like turns to me and starts talking and I just knew like, okay, this is a conversation that I need to let happen. And um, he ended up sharing a lot about himself and even his beliefs. So my eyes began to open wide and my, my uh, mind started racing. And he said that he was Hindu which means for people who are Hindu that they believe in a lot of gods, they worship a lot of gods, they'll even accept Jesus, but he's just added to the list. And so I immediately felt a strong burden for him. I wanted him to know the truth that he is, uh, that Jesus is the one true God, (laughs) that he's the only way to the Father, the only way to eternal life. So I remember praying, God, in my head, God, please like open the door. Give me an opportunity if you want me to say that. And just a few minutes go by, I have my iPad open to a devotional that I was studying, getting ready to share that night with our missions trip team. And at the top, it just said Moses. So he, being a little bit nosy, (laughs) said to me, uh, you believe in Moses? And I was like, actually, yes, he was a real man who lived on the earth. And so that opened the door. I knew that this could go somewhere. And so the best effort I could give it, I just began sharing stories from the Old Testament leading to the New Testament and about Jesus and how God is the one true God and this God of Abraham and Moses and the one who sent his son Jesus, he's it and he's enough, you know, and so I would love to say that I led him in the sinner's prayer in that moment and that I got to see a total conversion take place, but that didn't happen. The conversation actually ended up going on a lot of rabbit trails, uh, but I know I felt in my heart and when I prayed for him that the Lord's revealed that I was a part of that journey, a part of his journey towards Christ because God always reveals himself to those who seek him. And this man was seeking him. And so he assigned our seats that day on the airplane so that he could reveal more of himself to this man. And so I was just really honored to be a part of that. That's that reminds me of what we talked about early in the series. Uh, I think maybe the disciples answered uh, the resurrected Jesus when he said, hey, if you caught anything, I think they sarcastically said, that's why we call it fishing and not catching. Uh, our responsibility is to fish. It's the Holy Spirit's responsibility right. to catch, you know. Yeah. So I think it's really important that we recognize now that we've been caught, we have this mandate on our lives to fish. We're not responsible 
to just we, we do all we can do. We present right. debate. We live our life in such an attractive way that they want what we have. But it's God's responsibility to bring them. So some some plant seeds, some water, some harvest. So I think you did your job. Thanks for sharing, Madeline. I think um, it's important that we hear that part of the story, too, because I think it's important for us to recognize that we are responsible for fishing. That's the mandate on our life. Uh, and it reminds me what I mentioned early in the series a couple Sundays ago is that uh, I think the disciples, when they responded to Jesus, when he said, have, have you caught anything? I think maybe they got sarcastic with him and said, hey, that's why they call it fishing, not catching. We're, we're responsible to fish. It's his responsibility to catch. And so I think it's important for us to hear the, the different stages in the journey. There are certain people that planted seed. There are other people that watered. And then we get to see the harvest on the end. And I think that's important. But we've got to remember that we have a mandate to fish and that we have the best story to tell. There's yeah. nothing better than Jesus. And we're seeing the fruits of that right now, that when we accept Jesus, it changes everything. He is the best thing. He's the best story. And we should be telling everybody we can tell about him. I searched the world, but it couldn't fail me. Man's empty praise, treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came along and put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied hearing your love. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. I'm not afraid to show you my weakness. My failure. There's nothing better 
Nothing is better than you. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope that as you listen to the fish stories that were told, that perhaps you heard part of your own story. Maybe you're running from God. Maybe you're trying to get away from Him. Perhaps even still dealing with some of the tough consequences of bad decisions. I, I want you to hear that, but I also want you to hear out of the stories that were told today that God's love is not only reckless, it is also relentless. He is chasing you down, trying to catch you. And we want to encourage you to surrender your life to Him. The reason is, is there's nothing better than Jesus. He, he makes everything better. He, he, living a life with Him changes everything. So I just want to challenge you today. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, would you just take a moment and pray with me today and accept Him as the Lord and the Savior of your life? It's so simple. I'll lead you in the prayer, but pray in your own way. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to become the Lord and the Savior of my life. I, I realize that without your help, I cannot reach God the Father. So I ask you to become that go-between that you would save me from my sins and make all things new. I give you glory for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, uh, there's going to be a number that's going to pop up at the bottom of your screen that will allow you to text the word SAVED. We promise we won't bug you. All we really want to do is get you connected and get you some materials that will help you in your journey. These materials will help you to know what your next steps are now that you've made that decision. And of course, if you've made that decision, we consider you family. Speaking of family, even though we're not able to meet in the church building right now, we're still family. And so our Passion Church social media team is taking steps every day to minister to every age group, adults, children, and youth. And so on the screen, you will see our social media calendar or schedule, and it shows you all the opportunities you have each day to grow in your walk with Christ, to get your kids involved and your teenagers involved. We encourage you to take advantage of that. Of course, next week is Easter. This will be a unique Easter for sure. I want to encourage you to join in online, invite your family members and friends to watch as well as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Talk about the perfect theme in this season. The theme of our Easter service is hope has a name and we have the hope of the world. And so we encourage you to share that as we join together online. And last but not least, we believe that giving is not only commanded by God, but it's an act of worship. And so on the screen, you're going to see a couple of different ways that you can remain faithful in your giving during the season while we're unable to join in a building together. We can still be faithful in our finances. You can give online. Uh, the address is there on the screen. And brand new for us, text to give. There's a number on your screen. You can text your dollar amount to that number at any time. And those funds will go directly into the ministries that Passion Church is continuing to do. The first time you text, there's a small setup process that you will go through, and then it's automatic. I encourage you to take advantage of this very convenient way to remain faithful so that we can continue the outreach of the church through the pantry, through helping people during this time of crisis, and through sharing the gospel through the internet and the other various social media avenues that we're taking advantage of. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Hope you have a great day. It's time to go fishing. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.